The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We preview the Cowboys offense versus the Washington defense here on this episode over the next 45 minutes. As always, like he said, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. And Gentlemen, we're one day closer. It's a short week for the Cowboys. Definitely feels like that because it's a full week of work thrown into six days instead of seven days. But uh, you always would rather have that short week of work, Rob, coming off of a win like the Cowboys had. Yes, for sure. And uh, so they did the walkthrough yesterday. They'll get back into normal practice today quickly. This is an estimated injury report because it's based on what they would have done with a normal practice. So maybe this will look the same today. Simi Fajoko was full. Michael Gallup was full. Luke Gifford was full. The only guy who did not practice yesterday or take part in the walkthrough was Dak, and that was not a surprise. Dak, Mike McCarthy said he's going to focus on rehab with the thumb this week, and uh, that even means also that Dalton Schultz, Connor McGovern, and J. Ron Curse got some limited work. So they're getting healthier aside from the fact that Dak is not quite ready to come back yet. That's a huge plus. Yep. I mean, anytime you can get healthier and knock on wood, of course, moving into a, a divisional matchup. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit here in a second about Jaron Curse and, and what he could bring to the table and kind of the the thought process around Donovan Wilson. But is your overall thought of this team, Patrick, continuing to trend upward? I know they've won two straight games, but in the overall grand scheme, even when Dak gets back, is the arrow pointing up for the Cowboys? Right now it is, and, and this is what the Cowboys were hoping for, fellas. They were hoping that Cooper Rush could step in and win games and, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, dodge the icebergs, so to speak, uh, so that it would buy time for both Dak Prescott to get healthy and some of these other guys. You talk about Connor McGovern, for example, and then the ramping up of Jason Peters and obviously the headliner outside of Dak being Michael Gallup, who has a chance to make his 2020 debut this Sunday against the Washington Commanders. And the list just goes on from there we'll see at what point Teron Smith is going to return which still looks like going to be later in the year Um, but nonetheless you're winning games and you're winning games not being whole on either side of the ball talk about Jerron Curse for example Terrell Basham another guy uh, on Dan Quinn's defense who's not on the field right now he's he's on IR recovering so if you can continue to win these games without being whole it stands to reason that when you get whole and they're starting to kind of become that more and more as the weeks progress, you're going to be that much more uh, of a complete team that can then go against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles that can then go against some of these NFC contenders on their home turf. So, yeah, absolutely. Needle is pointing north for the Cowboys, Isaiah. You let us see it. That's it. You let us see it. I mean, you, who doesn't want a healthy team? And the fact that you can win ball games with backups, um, you know, no disrespect to the backups, but that's just the, the position they are on the depth chart. Uh, it says a lot about the depth of your team, and it says a lot about the character um, and the foundation that's in place. So uh, the quicker you get these guys back, obviously the better. You just mentioned it in terms of who they have coming up on the 
on the schedule, you definitely don't want to look past the Washington Commanders, but you have to acknowledge who you have following that game. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get these guys back on the field, you can be locked and loaded. You want all the ammo you can you can shoot. Okay, so based off of what you said yesterday, which was compost on talking about yeah. Washington. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> mm-hmm. you you were very clear in what you thought about Washington. Yes. You just told me not to overlook them and I understand it's the NFL. Could this be a trap game though? It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, you, it it's could it be a trap game because you're looking ahead yes. to there, Los Angeles. You're absolutely. looking ahead to Philadelphia. If you do if you look ahead as you mentioned, then yes, it can be a trap. If you come out and you compete the way that you've been competing, then it should be handled uh, handle the way in which you everybody at this table, I would assume, is um, hoping that it pans out to be. <laughs> but, I mean, these guys are professionals. These guys, you know, I know we're going to talk about the de- their defense today, and they have some dudes. They That's the reality. Now, have they been playing like dudes collectively? No. Individually, some of them have been balling out. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a team sport. You know, there's a lot of great players on, on the defensive side of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys, but they didn't start playing great, great until somebody was able to put it all together. So, if these guys defensively, that is Washington Commanders, do somehow find a way to put it together and start playing well because it's a divisional woe and, you know, they, they've been suffering over this, the first part of the season and all of a sudden they want to try to make sure it all works together when they face the Cowboys, then, yeah, you got your hands full because they got yeah. some dudes. So uh, how much does that happen in the NFL? Because from an outsider standpoint, it's easy for fans to look ahead. It's easy for media to look ahead. But for an, in the locker room – realistically does that happen and and if it does how much it can but that's when your leadership comes in that's when having a head coach that's that has a super bowl that's when having uh assistant head coach that's been to the super bowl you know and has a super bowl as well those things matter and they help the outlook of this team if you have players on this team if you don't have leaders in the locker room to keep guys focused then if then falls on the coaches Um, but the coaches would much rather have some of these leaders Dante Fowler, J. Ron Kirsch, you know, Tyron Smith, all these guys. You'd rather have these guys speak up and be the ones that keep everybody focused. But the reality is that the, the practice leading up to the game is what really dictates whether or not you're focused and you're looking at this opponent or you're looking beyond this opponent. Because it does happen where guys fall in traps, and you much, you much rather, we've seen it, you much rather those games happen early on in the season than when they actually matter coming up on the playoff time. So they better focus up. I, I don't feel like um... – I do feel like trap games are always a possibility simply because of the mentality and the psychology behind it. Yeah. Um, but a, a defense that has Micah Parsons on it, um, that also has Trevon Diggs and Demarcus Lawrence and the fire within Donovan Wilson and so forth and so on, and that unit being orchestrated by the maestro of Dan Quinn, I don't see how a Michael Parsons could take any team for granted because he really wants to destroy everything that's put in front of him equally week in and week out. When you have that type of energy permeating throughout the unit and you have compatriots and a defensive coordinator that are right there with you mirroring that energy, I don't see how that could be. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, you could say, well, you know, it's probably more possible, but I don't even think that's going to happen because – Dak Prescott is still involved in game planning. He's still in the mm-hmm. meetings. He's still on, you know, uh, active in practices and making sure these guys are focused. And Dak Prescott is in these guys' ears saying, hey, you can't overlook the Washington Commanders. You can't take this for granted. You go out there and you you play them to the same level of competition that you would play the Los Angeles Rams next week, that you would that you attempted to play Tampa Bay. Obviously, it didn't go that well. Uh, but <laughs> the intensity needs to be there. And I think it's a, a team that's coached 
well enough on offense and to an elite level on defense to the point where I think they're going to take the commanders for what they are, which is a divisional rival who's trying to come into your living room and take your lunch. And try and turn their season around to right. a certain extent as well. I don't, yeah, I don't worry about the Cowboys overlooking anybody, mm-hmm. but I look at the offensive side and say, I talked about this Tuesday after the game, they don't have a ton of margin for error. So whether or not you're overlooking somebody, they can't make mistakes. They've been fortunate. They have not turned the ball over yeah. so far. I think they have one pick. Dak had one pick, right, in week one? That's a really that's, good point. That's it. They have not given extra possessions. Now they've had the penalties. If that kind of stuff happens and they beat themselves, then this game could get closer than we think. And so that's that's where I look at it. But yeah, the defensive side of the ball, I think they are they have a chance to be dominant all year long. And that's gonna that's gonna keep you in games. But the bottom line is, yeah, it happens. There's only two winless teams in the NFL. There's not a lot of bad, bad teams in the NFL this year. So you can rise up and win any football game you play in. And and I, I think maybe Cincinnati overlooked the Cowboys a little bit in week mm-hmm. two. You know, yep. Dak's not playing, uh, Cooper Rush. Oh, we turned the ball over mm-hmm. a bunch in week one. We'll be fine. And they got a big taste of Micah Parsons, and and everybody now knows how how good this team can be defensively. Trayvon Diggs used the term post game the other day, and it's it's a cliche. Everybody says it from time to time, but it's defense travels. And I know you're at home, but the defense goes back home with you too. I mean, it, not only does it travel on the road and it plays well on the road, it comes back home with you. Defense, for the most part, is going to remain consistent, at least in the front seven, just based off of the the talent and the studs that you have up front. Uh, it's it's whether or not you can put both of them together. Going back to Patrick's point, offense needs to take care of the football. Defense needs to take away the football because there's there's two things that haven't happened yet. You haven't forced turnovers and you haven't turned the ball over. Both of those things could completely affect how the entire game goes. But you look at last week. Sure, that game was way closer than anybody ever wanted it to be, mm-hmm. and it very easily could have fell to a victory for the New York Giants. Could you imagine if Cooper Rush would have thrown a, a pick in the third quarter when they were down 13-6? to six? It, Yeah, it doesn't take much. I mean, you're Somebody talking, fumbles you're talking about, the balls, you're talking about Dalton Schultz. All those things, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how close that game was. It might have felt very much one-sided, but that was a very close game throughout the whole game. So if Dallas doesn't catch fire in that second half and guys start making plays, you probably lose that game. It kind of felt like it was teetering that way. Yeah. And then Cooper Rush just yeah. zip, zip, zip down the field, and you're like, damn, okay. Yeah, that was a huge like, drive. You know, when they needed something, they got it. It was there. But yeah. but my 5%. worry, my yeah. worry, <laughs> right. Yeah, my worry is that you depend on your defense so much that you're playing every game as if it's the, that New York Giants game. Mm-hmm. And it's close, and you're hoping that everything just is going to click, and eventually you're just going to push through, and you're going to start scoring points. But what happens a day where that just doesn't happen? Or what happens to the day where your defense isn't playing lights out, right? Because they're entitled to that. If the defense doesn't play lights out, what is this team? Yeah. I think you've seen it three different ways so far. You've seen it the way that it goes right, and that's Cincinnati. They get off to a hot start, and your defense plays well. You're able to hold on. You win that game, even though you kind of pitter-pattered down the stretch. You also had it where your offense took until the second half to click against New York, but you figured it out because your defense played exceptionally well. Your defense played well in week one, but there's your answer on what happens if it doesn't, doesn't. click. Yeah. That's what happens when it doesn't click. It's a 19-3 to game, and you don't get anything going. So you've you've had three really good examples all different. on how that could happen. And, I mean, we're only three weeks into this well, season. And oddly enough, um, 
Dan Quinn, being the blue collar guy that he is, he loves those back alley brawls. Like he loves. He he said it coming out of the Giants game that um, he he craves those types of games, and he said, "Hey, you know, we we can get it on for as long as you want to get it on. If you <laughs> if you need to get it on for a fifth quarter, we, my defense can get it on for a fifth quarter. Like this is this is a defensive guy and guru who really wants to see some action out there. So uh, I say all that to say uh, Dan Quinn coordinates a defense that. When the chips are down like they were, you know, later in the game in New York before things started clicking on offense, this defense galvanizes and they put it on their back and they say, yeah. you know what, we, we want to, you know, be the ones that win this game if, if, if it comes down to that. But uh, all in all, you, you can't overlook the commanders for under any circumstances. You need to go in here, you need to handle it. Now, to Rob's point, offense, here we are, week four. Offense is still the question. Not as many question marks because Cooper Rush has proven he's more than capable, right? And and to me, he played a very good game against the Giants. His stat line doesn't show it, sure. but it wasn't because of him. It was because of drops from, you know, Jalen Tolbert and uh, CeeDee Lamb, obviously. So Would y'all so, agree that was his best game played yes. so far? He easily yes. could have been over 300. Yes, he was, yeah, he was you know. dropping dots yeah. all over the field. Um, so that Cooper Rush shows up again or in uh, a better fashion against the commanders. He hasn't turned the ball over. Going back to your question about takeaways, Trevon Diggs could have had two or three interceptions fingertip away mm-hmm. on the first two um the forced fumble by anthony brown i believe it was a football move the officials believe <laughs> the it was not field. but my point is in, in that is that the cowboys are right there mm-hmm. in the takeaway category i mean they're right there from having multiple takeaways in the game you could say the same thing on the other side though you could. absolutely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right you back could. to cincinnati yeah. and Cooper Rush there were a couple some, times yeah, when yeah, yeah. it could have gone badly for absolutely Dallas. true I guess I guess just laying it out there, you guys know I'm pretty black and white. Special teams is taking care of special teams. Okay, defense is taking care of defense. Mm-hmm. Offense, you still hold your breath. That's the sense I get. I agree. I'm still holding my breath on offense. I'm hoping that it goes Especially well. Especially the wide receiver. Right, defense, fully confident. Every team's gonna gonna have mm-hmm. problems trying to defend uh, or trying to go against our defense. It's just the way it is. The Dallas Cowboys front seven is ridiculous. The front four is even crazier. Mm-hmm. The secondary, throw it up there if you want to. They've seen, they showed you last year. They'll Good make look. you pay for it. It's the same freaking guys out there, right? So the defense is no question marks. Special teams, no question marks to date. The offense, I'm still like, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, Cooper Rush, you, we, you've shown that you can be uh, efficient quarterback. The stat line, I, you know, I don't care about the stats a whole lot, but there are those plays where it's like, ooh, ooh, we got lucky on that one. But then there are all those plays like, dang, he threw, he threw, he dropped the dog on dime. Right. But it's like it's so back and forth versus when you look at those other two areas of the of the game, you don't have those question marks or yeah. that inconsistency. Okay, give me a confidence meter then. I, I want to the four specific units on the offense. Well, we're not going to worry about defense and special teams because, like you said, they're getting their job done. Mm-hmm. Offensive line scale of one to ten. What's your confidence level? With Peters in, sure. With Peters in, I'm at I'm at an 85. percent What without Peters in? 70. Okay, mm. so seven out of ten. That's still pretty good. 70? That offensive line that makes me feel good. If your confidence level is that high, wide receiver, and that we'll throw tight ends in there too. Wide receivers and tight ends. Confidence level one through 75. ten. 75. So pretty high there too. Decent. I mean, it's a C. Not passing in grad school. <laughs> you got to get an eighty in grad school, right? Grad school. <laughs> Quarterback. Quarterback. Seventy. 
Okay, so still not Currently. passing in grad school. Yeah, no. Are we getting a master's here? What yeah, are we doing? Absolutely. Are we, are we going for a bachelor's? Everybody gets a, gets a bachelor's back. Okay, okay, shots at me. No, 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 whatever. Shots at us. Take my bachelor's <laughs> up my tail and run. Shots at uh, us. What about uh, running backs? Running backs, I'm at an 80 on the running backs. Okay, so they're passing. Yep. So that's decent. That's like an overall grade of what? Like a 74? If if without Peters and probably like a seventy eight with with Peters yeah. something like that you get your college credits for that yeah <laughs> but, so, but it, barely credits, okay. not, yeah credits matter defense credits matter. defense as a whole defense I'm at a, I'm at a ninety five like ninety eight yeah. yeah for me uh, that's a lot so. And then uh, special teams. They work on extra credit. Special teams are high. <laughs> right. You know what? And I, I know we're, I know we're talking. Multiply. Right. We're working on I know we're talking Washington's defense today. The 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 third of the game that has been that's shown up most for Washington this year has been their special teams. Mm. When I turn on the film and watch them, their cover teams are crazy. Their cover teams, and it's nobody watches that stuff, right? Fans don't look at that. Most people just blow by it. They go sit on the toilet for that time, whatever it might be. Their special teams <laughs> unit, and I and I and I bring that up because I know how aggressive we are in terms of our return game. Our guys that are on that front line, our guys that are dropping back and sprinting back forty yards, setting up, getting their hips square, and trying to block, make blocks on their guys just to give Turpin an opportunity to return the ball. You better get on your on your horse. You better get on your horse because these guys work their tails off special teams-wise, and they're running and they're hitting. They are running and they are freaking hitting. So we talk about thirds of the game and how that can impact you. Don't slip up, right? Don't slip up. Personnel-wise, again, just like last week, you should handle it, right? I, I picked the Giants last week because I felt like, like Dallas might look, past, might look past the Giants, and it was close. It was freaking close. This week, I feel obviously we haven't done our, our, our bids yet, but Dallas should destroy these guys if they approach it the way that they should. And it's very easy to look over special teams. It's very easy to take your defense for granted oh, because their offensive line gave up nine sacks last week. It's very easy to take those things for granted. Yeah. And your offense, again, has to deliver because I'm still on the edge. I do agree that special teams is a strength of Washington, and I think that in this matchup it's a strength on strength because the Cowboys, one of the Cowboys' strengths is special teams as well. Um, I think what could also work in the Cowboys' favor is they might get Luke Gifford back. Uh, and you talk about what fans tend to overlook and the importance of special teams and who are some of your aces on special teams and who makes you know that train go. Luke Gifford is one of those guys for the Cowboys does that makes on, that train go. But does he get on the active roster for the game? I, th I think if he's healthy this week, he's he's back on the active roster. Is he active week one? Yes. Yeah, just last week. Yeah. Yeah, it was the, the only, only reason he wasn't was active not. last week was because of the hamstring that Big popped hammy. up on, on yeah. Sunday. And they described that as soreness, not an actual injury per bones fossil. So if he's back on the field, that, what I'm saying is that's only a surplus of talent, more so for the Cowboys special teams, which is already their strength. So I don't disagree with you, but I, I do believe that Luke Gifford is, is on the bubble. Mm. He I is just, a favorite of he, Fossil. He, he is a favorite of Fossil, reason. but who do you sit? Well, now that becomes a question because Brillo, a.k.a. Jabril Cox, <laughs> I, I love that nickname yeah. that Fossil yeah. gave him. Um, Brillo was able to make his 2022 debut because of the injury to Gifford, and, and Brillo had, you know, a chunk of the special team snaps, drew a lot of praise from Bones Fossil. Um, but I don't know just yet that if Gifford is healthy, 
that a solid outing on special teams in one game from Jabril Cox is enough to supplant what Luke Gifford has already established as a foundation, as a baseline with Bones Fossil. So if Gifford is healthy, my my money is he's back in this game, and it just makes the Cowboys special teams, which is already strong, stronger. Don't overlook special teams. We don't overlook special teams on this show, especially when you've got Isaiah Stanback, ST. And back, Ooh, and wow. he also he also wow. owns a company Bars. called SD Edvast <laughs> Steadfast. <laughs> wow, special Bars. teams. There's a reason. I think it's just it's Are not a coincidence. Detroit? It's not a coincidence. <laughs> dropping the hot <laughs> When we come back here on Talking <laughs> Cowboys, <laughs> is the Washington front seven still scary to this Cowboys offense and especially this Cowboys offensive line? We'll talk more about it when we come back right after this. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA equal housing lender credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's on something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. If you're listening to this show, then you're a Cowboys fan. But are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? You should nominate yourself or a friend for the Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate yourself or friend at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Isaiah, who's the Fan of the Year in your life? Be the wifey, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it got to be the wifey. She's That's always, a good one. She's always held me down. What about the kiddos? Good? Yeah, the kiddos, they get popping, too. <laughs> yeah, they get popping, too. <laughs> if, if you don't follow Isaiah on Instagram, it, it's a treat almost every day. They do the, the on the way to school, you, yeah. you do the school singing, right? Yeah, school drop-off. That's every, right. Every Wednesday morning when I drop them off to school, we turn up one time. 
Mm. Absolutely. We we roll up. You know, I got some, I got a, I got a sub in the car, so we be we be we be yeah. And I and I don't turn it down when we pull up to drop them off either. So the, the teachers outside, could the teachers get the kids out the car and the teachers be in there. Yeah, we listen to Eminem rolling up too. Get the vibe wow. Right yeah, my daughter's favorite hype song is my hype song, and that's uh Eminem. All right, Eminem song where he is uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the song? <laughs> Which one? Can you say the name of the song? I am. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's a good one. So I really, I'm really, i a really big advocate of her being an individual <laughs> and standing firm on who she is. So I that's, love her, that. that's her turn up song. That's, that's perfect because I was, I was literally, li- I rolled in this morning listening to Eminem. I was mm. listening to Nat, you know, yeah. G and AT. And that's, so we're talking about M. Like, yeah. yeah. So I guess Marshall is the vibe this morning. Yeah. Well, shady. Yeah, Marshall Mathers. Shady. <laughs> yeah. 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 Emmy's hype song's a little different. Driving every morning, we listen to gospel from the uh, nice. uh, Monsters University soundtrack. Oh, oh, hey. That's a real yeah. turn up right there. Big it. time. I thought you were about to say like Coca Melon or something like that. Like <laughs> it's just something that's in awesome. the background. Not quite Eminem, but you know. No. Hey, I mean, feel free to sprinkle some Encanto in there. I mean, yeah. Hey, oh, we got, we got that. Frozen. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk Listen. about Bruno. Mm. We don't that's talk on, about Bruno. That's on the list, ladies and gentlemen. We, 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 we don't talk about. We got to. We got to put a sub in the chair. Could you? Could you imagine? Just wait till you have kids, Kyle. Oh, I know. Trust me, I'm right there. Your whole music choice changed. I can't wait till to look outside and, and just be in the parking garage and just have Rob pulling up and he's bumping in Kanto like on his yeah. way in. And so my daughter's like tall enough now. She's huge, right? But she, my daughter's tall enough now where she now sits in the front seat, which is <laughs> which is an adjustment for me all by itself. But she gets in there now and she just starts starts typing in her own little song that she wants to listen to or she starts playing with the uh yeah, there's features on, on the car. We're not sponsored by them. So but, hey, yeah, shout out to Bruno. Misunderstood. Gravely misunderstood. <laughs> We, so got, they don't? we got you, Bruno. Yep. Nate, Nate Newton, what did you listen to on your way into the star today? Uh, just my own mind trying to get these Bama twins down, man. I'm just <laughs> listening to the, the big to boys, the Washington Commanders, man. That's well, this that's is about it. this is a great, great segue. segue. Look at there. Fantastic there segue. There. <laughs> Nate Newton joins us here on Talking Cowboys. He told me the other day he was like, "Man, I just I, every time I, I walk by, you guys are having a ton of fun in there. Really looks like you're the top show on DallasCowboys.com. That's that's so, yeah. uh, so it's it's just an opportunity for him to come in and just be a you part know? of the best wow. podcast. You're trying to get but, some wow. numbers on Nate. Well, okay. you, you know, man, I, <laughs> that is so true. I mean, every time I'm serious since the first few weeks. I walk by every day, and you guys are excited. Y'all doing your job, man. I would just want to say, Patrick and and Rob, man, y'all, you know, thanks to y'all, the show is really going on. I like it. I knew it was coming down. Coming from the hip. All right, (laughs) we were gonna preview the Washington defense in this front seven. Some of the guys you just mentioned, those Bama twins that you're looking out, and that's Jonathan Allen. Uh, getting after it again. He's still been fantastic. And, Nate, I'll start with you, but who exactly are you looking forward to seeing challenged on the Cowboys' offensive line against this front seven? Uh, it's going to be uh, Farniak and Peterson when he's in there, man, go, going against Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. That's that's my matchup for yeah. the day. He's getting these two guys – uh, challenge our center and our two guards. And if we can handle that right there, we're going to be okay because we've been getting success on the outside. So Sweat don't uh, really uh, scare me. Davis uh, don't scare me. But now Cole Holcomb, his boy, 
kind of scares me in the middle. So the middle of their defense versus the middle of our offense, if we can get something going there, man, and maintain uh, some type of uh, consistency with the run that we've been doing these few last few weeks, hey, it's going to be a dynamite game. Is that what you've been seeing on film? Yeah, their interior is their strong point. I mean, they're two yeah. interior guys, and then Holcomb, who's, who if everybody in Cowboys Nation should remember him from a couple of years ago when he oh, yeah. lit up Zeke. Yeah. Uh, he's still a dude. You know, he still rocks a C on his chest. He makes plays. He comes downhill. He covers well. Uh, he's an undervalued player, I would say, in the league. So they're they're they kind of that little triangle right there, right yes. there in the middle. I think they're they're really strong. But you know, to what what Kyle kind of pitched to the to the segment, do you think that their front seven is still scary? Oh no, no, they haven't played together since that um uh, that feud between the Bama boys last year when somebody slapped someone and yeah. they haven't played together. I know Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator. I played with him. I used to block him uh, continuously. Uh, <laughs> I'll just I know that. I know they. He's he's pulling his hair out. And, and Coach Rivera, he's saying in his mind, "What is going on? This is the strength. We've put five first round picks, as Jason Garrett said. We've put." Multiple assets into the defense, high round picks, and this they're not performing. Why? Why? Any one of these guys from Montez Sweat, even to Davis, their last pick, their outside linebacker, why? They can take over a game, but why haven't they done it? I think to your point, and I'll kind of lean on something the rookie Tyler Smith said yesterday in the locker room. Uh, he said that, quote, I play for these dudes around me. Oh, there you go. Preach. Right? So flip it to that situation after that altercation in Washington. It doesn't feel like those two guys are playing for the guys next to them. It feels like they they feel a way about the guy next to them as opposed to feeling like, hey, I want to run through a wall for this guy. So to these guys' point, it's it's something that you have to respect because of their talent level and their skill set. But as far as being feared, they're not playing together. You don't have Chase Young. Still keep Iron Holcomb because he also had the interception on Dak that, you know, the, one of the more ill-advised interceptions from Dak. But respect the talent. But as far as fearing them, there's nothing there because this is also a Cowboys offensive line, particularly when Peters is in that left guard. They allowed no sacks on Cooper Rush last uh, last game. I think only four pressures overall. And this was against Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. And so they can get the job done, uh, particularly against a defensive front, that may not necessarily feel great about each other. I have one question. Yeah. You said no sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the quickness, quick release of of Rush at 2.43? Second, <laughs> second lowest release rate in the NFL, question. by that the way. Big, hey, fellas, y'all have a blessed day in God. God be with you. <laughs> Can I leave it there? <laughs> <laughs> Nate just literally dropped the mic. How about that? Thanks, Nate. Nate. So one of the other things, and I think we'll, we'll address this um, on some of our other shows, but on film – what most people don't see also, unless they're watching the All-22, that Kellen Moore is doing a lot of max protection. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. And he's, they're running a lot of two-man concepts, mm-hmm. and they just happen to be hitting on it because Kellen Moore knows what coverage they're going to be in when they're in certain personnel groups and certain formations. So he's doing a great job of, of doing his homework. That's a really good job on Kellen Moore's absolutely, side, right? Absolutely. Just for fans out there yeah, that don't he, necessarily understand how tough on, that is to do, that's really hard to do. He, he's, he knows, yeah, he knows percentage-wise, right? The GAs or whoever is giving him these stats, lines, and all these numbers, and he's able to say, okay, when you're in this personnel grouping and you line up in this formation, this percentage of the time they're in this coverage. So you're, you're rolling the dice and saying you're playing the, you're playing the percentages. So he knows when he runs a two-man concept, he still has high confidence that they're going to be effective and be um, open. But they're, you know, have four or five men pressures. He's protecting with eight. So he's giving and two rookie tight ends last week. Yeah, I mean, but you know, these guys have Kel, uh, Cooper Rush has time. 
And it yes, to some of the, some of it is from just personnel and the guys are playing well, but also. You know, Kellen Moore is doing a great job of giving him the confidence that, hey, we got you. Just sit back there and find your guys. Science. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I, one thing, um, we talked about their defensive front, and, and they do have guys up front who can cause havoc. But if you will go back and watch this Philly game from last week, Jalen Hurts had all day. Not, not, yes, not consistently, but he had a lot of time. One thing they did do well against Philly was stop the run. 72 yards for Philly on 30 carries, but they leaked a lot of yards in the first two games against Jacksonville and Detroit. I think there were a couple 40-plus yard gains against Detroit. So there's opportunities for the yeah. Cowboys, and yep. especially, like Isaiah said, if they're gonna if they're committing to max protecting and to no C's point, I th- you go back and watch it, and Ferguson and, and Hendershot did a nice job they did. Uh, filling in for Schultz as far as pass protection goes. And, and what the commanders really have been giving up is passing yards. This is where if Cooper Rush can get that ball out quickly and effectively and the Cowboys can keep him clean, they can skewer this commander's secondary. And, and kind of touching on what I said yesterday, you have to respect the talent of a guy like William Jackson III. You have to respect the talent of Kendall Fuller. But this is a commander's secondary that's allowed a 100-yard receiver in each of their first three games. They gave up 254 yards and two touchdowns to the Eagles just last week between Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Uh, we'll see if Gallup plays, but if he does play, Brown and Gallup are the same archetype, right? So if Brown and, <laughs> Brown and, uh, and Smith are quite literally the same archetype as Lamb and Gallup, so if Lamb and Gallup are on the field together against the commanders, it's just going to be that much more difficult because we've seen what that type, those two archetypes put together can do against this commander's team. The commander's secondary also only has one interception. We talk about the Cowboys uh, ha- having not racked up takeaways just yet. Well, the commanders haven't either. Their defense as a whole has only forced one fumble through three games, and they didn't recover that fumble. They only have one interception, which was a couple weeks ago. So Cooper Rush continued to get the ball out quickly. Kellen Moore continue to scheme up protection for him. Those guys continue to execute in the trenches, and can, uh, Cooper Rush and this wide receiver group can have a field day. So, yeah, yeah Devontae, 21.1 yards a pop last week. A.J. Brown, 17 yards a pop. So do you think they adjust and just go – Washington just goes into a shell and just tries to take away anything downfield and forces Cooper Rush to go – 12 plays wouldn't drives. that be exactly what cooper rush wants right. like that's <laughs> exactly what kellen moore wants that's that's the style that's worked yeah especially especially if your running game's working and man they have really attacked on the outside with those rushes and and done a really nice job especially running left running really left was really good last week really good segue rob phillips it's Thank like you. you looked at the rundown before you i, walked I, in I always How do, about Kyle? that and i know you do that's why i said it when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we're going to elaborate a little bit more on the run game. Are we going to see more of what we've seen over the last two weeks from Tony Pollard when we come back with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company? Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. 
Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in those stands, with Essilor Lenses, you can see every exciting play, book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Somebody really messing with it? It's just B- can we get some WD-40? Is it loose? Yeah, you break it, you bought it. You break, you buy it. <laughs> I liked how Beamer, uh, he faded into your yeah, shot. Yeah, I see that. You see that? that was yeah, good. Yeah, 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 it looked really good. I saw it the corner it, of my it eye. fit the aesthetic of the whole Essilor read, as always. If you're listening to the podcast, which, by the way, I know Apple podcasts have been a little messed up lately, that's trying to get fixed. Apple. We're trying to get it ready to go. So <laughs> stop. Don't start this on the air. <laughs> Isaiah's a big time Samsung, or just anti Apple guy, really. Uh, if you're listening, check us out and watch us on YouTube. Watch us on the website. Watch yeah. us on Twitter. It's it's fun watching and seeing putting faces to the the voices you and have stuff. Amazing and faces. I mean, why would three you not want to watch us? I mean, yeah, I three mean, out of four of us. I mean, honestly, I, it's <laughs> well, I mean, tell me how you feel about me. Just referring to myself, sir. Chris Bean, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, wrapping things up here on this Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Now. I put this in the rundown, and Isaiah, or excuse me, Rob, you you were just alluding to it. Are we going to see more of what we've seen from the ground game, or what we saw from the ground game in Week Three, moving forward, consistently staying with the ground game and running with the ball, and allowing for the big play to strike every now and again with a guy like Tony Pollard after Zeke wears him down? I I hope so. I I think that's the formula here. When you look at this defense and what they can do, play to them. Play to them, win time of possession, and and like no has been saying, run, run, set up the downfield plays. That that's how you do it, and scheme it up nice for Cooper Rush. Uh, it was almost a 50-50 split between Zeke and Tony Pollard last week, and I th- honestly I thought that's what we were going to see most of last season, and they kind of started off the season doing that. I don't know what happened. Zeke gets hurt, and still was the majority guy, and Tony got hurt at some point last year too, but they. You know why, it, Rob? It was not a committee. It was. It wasn't <laughs> like they said there was going to be. So why, Isaiah? Because the pass blocking. Tony Pollard hasn't added that aspect of his game yet. 
He did have one snap that I saw on film where he stepped up He's and improved. he plugged the gap hard. That's awesome, and I'm sure that I mean they got to do it consistently. They have an amazing running back coach. Skip Pete is that dude. Yep, he, he is. is coaching I agree. some he amazing is. freaking running backs. Absolutely. He's a quiet dude. He goes about his business. He's a he's a goon. He's not one to play with, and he instills that same attitude into the his players. And those guys have that approach. So I would imagine that he, he's a straight shooter. He's probably calling out Tony Pollard every time he messes up. Like, hey, man, like, hey, get this together. You know, like he's he's that type of, type of guy. And you don't want to be the dude that, that has the red beam around him in, on, in film room. You don't want the coach with the laser circling him like, hey, mm. had we just did this right here, had you just figured mm. this out, we would have been okay. But nah, instead, Cooper got busted in the back of his head. Like, you're sneaking you don't want in, to, in your chair. We yeah, want to slouch in a little bit. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. A couple of those plays in week one that happened. Yeah. So you're, you're right. I just... I was still surprised, though, they didn't lean more on TP last year when they needed to, and Zeke was just not 100%. Where, where has the talk gone about wanting Zeke and Pollard on the field at the same time? Where did all that conversation go? They've because done that they, a lot. Right. Well, the, the answers have arrived in, in that aspect. The question mark remained coming into this, this season, how often would Kellen Moore scheme the tandem on the field at the same time of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, and and they're making it happen. And to answer your question, Kyle, uh, will it continue against Washington? It had better. It had better because we, <laughs> we've seen what happens when you get away from it, i.e. week one. We've seen what happens when you stick with it, week two and week three. You're on a two-game win streak, and you're going against a commander's team who you need to slow down the the defensive interior. So you're going to use Tony Pollard to burn those edges and kind of get those guys playing on the heels more, run, run, set up the downfield pass. So you could, in fact, take advantage of a secondary that is quite giving. So to your point, uh, Tony Pollard's pass protection leaves something to be desired a lot of times. But to you guys' point, he's also improved in that category. Is he equal to Zeke in that category? No. Zeke is easily one of the best pass-protecting running backs in the league, hands down. It's not even arguable. It's going to take Tony Pollard some more work to get to that point. But that is one reason why a predominantly run first team or run favoring team like the Cowboys leans more on Ezekiel Elliott getting more of those snap counts. But uh, Mike McCarthy said yesterday, he wants to see 30 touches, 30 combined touches between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. That's what he wants to see. Mm. That's a concrete number. He, so, he, yeah. ball's in your court, Kellen Moore. And he said it last year in camp, like, we want to do this in part so Zeke is healthy in January. Yep. And we're not putting 300 carries on him like he did early in his career. And and Isaiah's been saying this. I know Dak's not playing right now, but I just got curious and looked at these stats again. When Dak, over the last season going back to last year when they have a running game going okay it's almost like you could divide pre-bye week and post-bye week last year he was five and one with a 100 and mm, 114.7 passer rating when they had a running game going and was averaging 164 yards Mm. on the ground before the bye week after the bye week 105.5 rushing yards per game they went six and four and his passer rating dropped to 99.1 mm, mm. it just that, i mean it's just the quarterback's best friend it's cooper rush's best friend that smells you like know? science right yeah it's a little science <laughs> that's, that's a little fragrant science. i'm not stealing science that's, lab that's trademark that's but fragrant. yeah yeah that's thank fragrant. you they, it, it's just the stats prove it out man yeah. and it works for there are outliers uh, they didn't have a running game when coop went one and oh against the vikings last year but this is the formula that mm-hmm. seems to be working yep. S- speaking on formula 
Mm. More signs. Bring this back up. Not Formula One. You see how he perked up? He got excited. I got really excited. Uh, They're racing in Singapore this week. Going back to the offensive line, in order to have an effective running game against the strength of their team, Mm. which is their interior defensive line. Sure. Okay? We just talked about Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Holcomb, right, standing behind those guys. Who do you put in? Oh, and and John Ridgeway. Who do you put in? <laughs> the legend, massive grows. factor. John the Ridgeway, le- X grows. factor. Ridgeway's playing. Rips off the heads of rattlesnakes the and eats it for grows. breakfast. Ridgeway will be playing against Biotis. He's going to be lined up over him. The legend grows. Oh darn! Looking forward to that. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, see how you can respond. I'll be pissed off if I was him. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking so, of people to fear. Yeah. So, do you go ahead and? continue to work in Peters or do you make sure that the interior of your offensive line is strong going against this this solid front? They're going to continue to work him in. I mean, he'll get more than 14 snaps, which is what he ended last week with. Um, but I think Mike McCarthy is, is hell-bent on sticking to the plan that makes sure uh, and rather ensures that Peters is ramping up to a point where when he gets to 100% of the snaps, that he stays at 100% of the snaps for the remainder of the season. What you don't want to do is get a little rambunctious and say, oh, my God, he looked fantastic in those 14 snaps. Let's just take him to 70 snaps. Yeah, for sure. And then you risk some type of injury, you know, soft tissue, whatever the case may be. I I predict that you're looking at 25-ish snaps for Jason Peters. You maybe push it to like 30 if you really want to. Depending on how the game flows out, he'll get more snaps. You guys were there. Did you guys get the sense that he did not want to come out the game? Did you guys get a chance to get eyes on that? I got the sense that it's the same Peters whom we asked the question when he signed of where would he prefer to play? And he basically said, I'm, I'm here to do whatever they need me to do. So he wants to play, obviously. But if, if he gets the call to be pulled, he's not throwing his helmet. He's kind of like, okay, it's time for Farnia to get back in. Yeah. But he, he really trusts that this staff knows what they're doing as far as ramping him up. Yeah. Nick talked to him after, talked to him after the game. We did not. But yeah. when we talked to him when he signed, he does seem on board. Like He, he said, I haven't had an offseason program. Right. I haven't had training camp. It, football shape is different. And there is – there's some conditioning, maybe a little weight that needs to go down a little bit for him. So, yeah, th- this is uh, this is all part of the plan right. for him. And the legs is is a big thing too. With an offensive lineman, you want to get your legs right. And I've in people that I've talked to, they've said that that's kind of the go-to thing is you want to make sure that his legs are conditioned to withstand the pressure and to be able to build a foundation because if he's moving at a guard spot, he's going to be pulled. He's going to be moved. He's going to be right. across the line of scrimmage. He's got to be able to to take that hit and take that type of play-by-play uh, play beatdown as he goes along. You think Tyler Smith is scary coming at you? Coming no at doubt. On a, on a well, you saw the first imagine, play from scrimmage yeah, for Peters? I know. Imagine, oh, yeah. imagine if Peters comes out on a pool. Imagine both of those guys. <laughs> I'm running to the side. Imagine That's everybody nice. healthy on that offensive line. It's a pipe dream, but everybody healthy on that offensive line feels much better now than it did back in March. Much right. better now than it right. did back in March. Because now you can run right because Terrence Steele is also doing Playing very really well, well. Yeah. and run and run the protection. And then you know Zach is going to is going to Zach. So you can run right or now you can run left. Wow. What a concept. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love this. That is oh that stings the nostrils. I'm ready to go. That's science, baby. All right, that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Special thanks to our friends science. over at Black Rifle Coffee Company. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow with some Say It With Your Chest Friday on Talking Cowboys.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!